Hello dear listeners and welcome to episode 60 of the Sonic Sketchbooks podcast. I'm your host Gary Warner. Eugene Carchizio is an artist, self-taught, self-generating, self-contained, forever producing and presenting. We've been friends, collaborators, colleagues, fellow travellers for around about four decades. Eugene lives in Brisbane, Queensland, always has, and has forged a humbly extraordinary path across, through, around, outside of and beyond contemporary art. He's fearlessly lost, an enigmatic poet, a serious practitioner, a self-deprecating and droll funny man with a penchant for mid-20th century jazz, geometry, watercolour and silence. In late 2021, December 27th, I met up with Eugene at his studio in an abandoned paint factory in the southern suburbs of Brisbane to record a conversation about his relationships with sound. In the 80s, he formed and played in various underground and art bands, made and published his solo works on cassette and vinyl, performed improvisationally, collaborated with non-musician artists on curious projects, and was always making from nothing with found materials, paintings, small objects and drawings, which he still does. Today you can find a dozen or more of his releases on Bandcamp under the Room 40 label. Eugene's been producing art music, sound sculpture and generally exploring sonic possibilities of conventional instruments, outdated computer programs and everyday things for decades. His discography is long and with many surprising connections. The following composition combines and collides fragments from that summer conversation with a very few selections from Eugene's catalogue and concludes with a collaborative piece derived from a brief improvisation we enjoyed using his paintbrushes to sonify a drum kit piled up in a heap in the corner of his studio. He spontaneously titled them Drum Drawings. Oh, I remember that lovely night that we recorded the wind howling through the, the window. Do you remember that? There was a storm. Uh, yes. At, at, at Langshaw Street, the apartment. Yeah. And these windows, he just opened them a little bit. There was wind and there was that lovely howling. Every question just is... No. And you've got the early stuff, the cassettes. I do. Did you make them yourself? Like, did you do the copying and everything at home? I or? did. It's like I said, when you're young, you have energy to burn. In real time, you know, none of this fast-forwarding business. That's right, exactly. Everyone made by hand. In real time. Well, those are more like an art, art project, really. Just, just dip with that sort of stuff. Nobody knows how to take it. Um, even people who you think would, would know, like John, who sort of never quite understood whether it was musical. Music kids didn't really get it, and the art kids didn't really care, so. But anyway, it's one of those things you have to do. 
and 80s, just about everybody had a crappy cassette player radio in the kitchen. Almost universal. Because yeah, I normally recorded on one of those, and it was made for that. Yes. Just to be played back into one of those little crappy little kitchen side tape players. And most of the time, not even in stereo. But the early dub stuff wasn't wasn't in stereo. It was like very basic. No, that's right. Yeah, and it's beautiful. They're just so beautiful those early recordings.
Because when I asked you about it, you said um, I just spent 20 minutes hiding behind the laptop. I don't think I've recorded anything for a few months. Mm. So if I don't do that, I have to get reacquainted with the program. Uh, and I initially sort of thought, oh, maybe I can't do this anymore. I just wasn't in that frame of mind. But I didn't want to let an opportunity go past, so I, I got the, um, the old computer out. Ancient technology now. I guess that computer is about 15 years old. It's an old HP. And it takes about 10 minutes to boot. Subtly built though. Anyway, I got the program <laughs> out and played with it. And, it's, and once I get into that world of just tweaking sounds and then I just get lost. Time disappears. And two hours later, um, I emerge from the cabin. It's always a bit dangerous with the, the, this stuff. I don't know whether it will translate in a, in a big space. So I prepared a palette of, of sounds. I kind of knew how the thing would work, but I have to figure out how they all fit in with one another. Yeah. Um, and it's about turning certain sounds off while others are playing. Yeah. I'm sort of interested in how you got it into and interested in electronics because um, you know you used to play traditional instruments in in uh, experimental ways. Well, I always like craft work, early electronics like Tangerine Dream, and um, of course you know all the ambient sort of pieces. Um, I found out about the contemporary electronica minimal dub and there's dub 
uh, just the original stuff, really simple sounds of delay and space between notes. And then there's that amazing electronica stuff like Aphex Twin and, and my favourites, SND, do you know them? These beautiful crisp sounds, um, you know, like drawings in space. The sculpture, it's, it's sound sculpture more or less, and that's what I've liked about that form of electronica. I was young once, I had energy to burn, and being in a band is the best way to do it. Do you miss that kind of playing though? Yeah, it's fun. Well, I'm still in a, a band, we're called the Quartet for the End of Time, with three musicians. I've never really been in a band with musicians. These guys, like, there's violin, melodica, and piano, two guitars. And I'm the, the freak show. Uh, and it's purely improvised. It's like the next, in a different setup, of course. But really, you know, it's just a pleasure to be in the same room with those guys, fantastic musicians. <laughs> that I've listened to of yours has been, uh, they're very brief. And they still are. Mm. I just like, this is the idea and that's enough. Like the, the first record I put out was 47 pieces on, a, on 12 inch. And if each piece had been one minute longer, it would have been a double album, right? I remember John Nixon actually being annoyed by my early stuff. It's like it's, I'm just getting into it. The next, the next song starts, he would say. Depends on the piece. <laughs> like an Indian raga, you don't want that to be <laughs> 20 seconds long. Although that could be interesting. <laughs> like when Lamont Young says, take it from the top, he means from last Wednesday.
albums that I bought on Bandcamp was a piano pieces. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, I didn't know they were, they were out. I recorded those at Bundanong. You've been to Bundanong yes, absolutely. a Many few times. times. Yeah, Do you always times. stay in the one place? or No, I've, I've, I've stayed in the Musician's Cottage. I've made you know Cajun pieces on the piano oh, there okay. with dropping super balls into the, oh, okay. into the piano. Yeah. This wasn't the Musician's, it was the other one. There's a writer's cottage, there's the musician's cottage, and then the, and there's the artist's set up. studios, yeah. Oh, it must have been the writer's. And there was an old upright piano. And there was an upright piano there, yeah. I think they're all exactly the same length because on the computer there's just a sound recording thing that only goes for a minute. Just in mono, just plonk the old computer on top of the piano and just press record and I went for it. Did mm. I call them like 81 piano drawings or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. also kind of use sound in your installation work sometimes? Well the last show I had I had a slideshow of, of flared images uh, done once again with the computer very simple things and the soundtrack was TikTok left and right speaker I had to, I had to do it light and death that's what it was about and the essence of time I suppose that you rocked up at Langshaw Street, you had a big suitcase, no clothes, or you had one t-shirt and a pair of underpants, That's right. and the rest are all these gadgets, <laughs> little speakers, little little uh, yes. delay, it was a delay I think, that, I remember that. Uh, yeah. little stereo micro, um, it was handheld stereo recorders to get bits of voice and so forth, always enjoyed the things that we've done together. 
like when we went to Stradbroke Island and doing, mm, Stratty, uh, yeah. doing those voice recording things we did with chopping up, doing overdubs and multiple voices gradually building up. It was sort of informed by Burroughs, really. Exactly, and it was really cacophonic. Cacophonic. <laughs> that doesn't sound right, does it? No, it does not. think I return to anything when you're playing live with with people it's a different thing no I really try to, to mix it up I don't like going back there's no point I just want to keep pressing ahead whereas if that was one thing I don't miss about the bands I miss the energy and the, the camaraderie mm. um, and when it was happening it was fantastic the best feeling in the world but that sense of, of just playing rock music in the conventional sense, just playing something, rehearsing it, yeah. just becomes a product. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and as we all know, we have to know our product. <laughs> well, this is drum drawings. Drum drawings. How many? Well, how many do you want to record? Should there be a number? Drum drawings. Six.
using squares and colour uh, stripes in all different combinations and there's another one that's just about to come out Thanks again for listening. There are links to Eugene's releases on Bandcamp and a few other Cartesio moments. And you can find out more about the podcast at the episode guide at sonicsketchbooks.net. This is episode 60. <laughs>